Hey guys, welcome back to 12 O'Clock Talks with Jack and Dave. Today we talk about buying time, flower beds, and public works. We hope you enjoy the episode. Stick around to the end. Okay, now that Jack has the microphone back and working again. Um, Dave? What's up, man? Apologies for the echoes, guys. Dave and I are in the same room again. Back in Lubbock. Back, back in the... What, what's the area code? Here? 806. Back in the dirty 806. Dusty. Dusty. Not dirty. Dusty. It's dusty very, is correct. It's very dusty here. Um, we were just talking about money may not buy happiness, but it buys time. Specifically private jets. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> private jets. Well, I heard a point made, um, and it was that, you know, people like Elon Musk or, you know, uh, Floyd Mayweather, right? They don't have to spend their time traveling. Because they can get on a plane that they own and immediately be somewhere else exactly where they need to be all the time, on time, every time. Like, they don't waste time. Mm-hmm. and But because they have money, they can buy it. So, but yeah. Do you think money buys happiness? Money buys happiness? Yeah. No, but I think it can get rid of headaches. <laughs> <laughs> like a hitman or like, what are you talking like if you have enough money you can like make problems disappear you it sounds know. like you're hiring a hitman well I don't know why all of your problems are solved by death Jack like I don't need a hitman to solve my problems but like let's say my biggest problem is I have a ticket I can just pay it off without any worry. I think get rid of that headache. I don't have to go to court and like worry about trying to fight it. Just whatever. Here's your money. That's true. Like, there's no hitman needed for that. You could kill the judge. That. Not even gonna comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I'd never kill anyone. Dude. Nor have I paid it for those services. Yeah. That's crazy though. But yeah, like if you have money. Life's easier. I think it's a different set of problems. Like, for a lack of a better term, we used to say, like, whenever I was working for the low-income tax clinic, one of the things a supervisor would say, primarily for people who were working in it but didn't necessarily come from poverty, was you need to understand that poor people have poor ways. And so specifically for our problem was like, it's not simple. Like if you, if you are struggling for money, it's not a simple thing to go to the social security office or go to the DMV or anything like that. If you need to get identification or your paperwork or, you know, whatever we would ask our clients to do in our fighting, like, us representing them against the IRS. It's not simple? No, it's not. Because if you don't have a car, it's not easy to get there. You know, if you, if you're struggling on your day-to-day, going and wasting four hours at the DMV is not a priority. You're more worried about, you know, how am I going to feed me and whoever else I need to feed that day. So... That was one of the things that she, I think the supervisor did a good job of, was like, poor people got poor ways. You need to understand that you may not be their priority. Whereas if we 
like we're in that low income clinic type scenario, wealthier people would probably put me on a higher priority list because one, they're paying for my service, my representation, and two, they probably have enough money to understand that the IRS can garnish a lot of money from them yeah. should they choose. So that's where I would say, like, I don't think it gets rid of problems. I think it presents a different set of problems. Mm. That's fair. Don't you always say the best way to not get sued is just to not have money? Seems like a similar situation. It's like, it's not, it's not a, if you don't have money, the IRS can't really come after you, right? Or can they? Yeah, the IRS can do what they want. Oh, that's fair. Um, you can't hide from the IRS. That's a scary thought. Yeah, they, they know. They know. They may not send you their letter for a while, but no, you'll get one eventually if you've been doing things. What do you do to help those people out? Like, how can you? Is, it, is that a possibility? Yeah. Or, or do they just, like, take longer? Does it take longer for those things to get done? So, yeah, you can help them. Um, there's resources. Um, there's also, like, other governmental programs that will take cases that were a little more extreme than the ones that we typically would handle. Um, and then a lot of the times, you know, you, you hope for the best for them. And if the client doesn't provide you the necessary stuff you need, there's nothing you can do. But usually they would because, you know, it's, it's like anything. If you give someone a deadline, people are pretty good about meeting them mm. or at least trying their best to meet them. Um, but we would do a lot of like settlement negotiations, payment plans. Um, if you were, say you were only living off of Social Security, there's we could try to get you on a CNC status, which was basically like you don't make enough money for the IRS to ethically garnish any money from you. Um, but that, getting people on that status was life changing for them but you also have to recognize they're living off of very little money regardless so right. it, it was it was a different thing it was very eye-opening have you ever done a poverty simulation no i have not you should if you ever get the chance to what do you do so basically okay um have you ever done a, a murder party yeah yeah murder okay. you know how they'll give you a like a card and this is the character you play kind of a thing and yeah you know these are the facts well similar just take away the murder part but they will give you a card and like a name for my instance i was a single older brother who was 18 or something i had graduated high school but I wanted to go to college, but I had three younger siblings. Both of my parents were in jail. And so basically you, they set it up to where there's different offices, you know, utilities offices, loans, daycare, groceries, housing, all of these other things. And you have to get stuff done. And then it's all within like a 24 hour period would be simulated in, 30 minutes right and so you have to get everything done in that time and it was a good way to show people just how difficult life can be if you don't have 
access to resources. So if you ever get the chance, if any of anyone who's listening to this gets the chance to just be a part of a poverty simulation, absolutely do it. Yeah. Um, I really, I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do it again through school because of COVID. They shut everything down. But yeah, super cool. That's really, but so the, I guess money compensates for lack of resources, right? Like you're, it allows you to go places and do things and get things done quicker, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. so similar, I guess, just scaling down like the billionaire thing with private jets. Like if you have access to a car and can afford fuel, mm-hmm. you can do things a lot quicker than having to wait for the bus or having to walk to something. Yeah. Whereas I guess I've never done the poverty simulation, but I can probably guess I could probably get, you know, I can go to the grocery store, then I can go to the, the post office, then I can go to the tax office, and then I can go to the realtor or the tax, the other tax place or, and I can get like six, seven things done within the span of, you know, eight hours and still have time to get home, cook dinner have a nutritious meal and get a good night's sleep. Whereas most things are only open from nine to five. Mm-hmm. But if you're impoverished, you're probably working a nine to five job. And so you don't, you can't make those things. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's always tripped me on. This one of the things I love about um, working remotely is that now I have time to do the things when things are open. I don't have to wait till the weekend to do things. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I can wake up at, you know, eight o'clock and then who's kidding. I'm wake up at nine o'clock. Right. And then, you know, at 11, I can go to the post office and mail something. And I, but I can't, I, otherwise I have to wait till Saturday because, mm-hmm. you know, Sydney doesn't, my fiance Sydney doesn't get off work until five or six at night. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't get home until I'd get home. I'd go to work at nine. I'd work nine to five. And then I would come home. I would change at five fifteen. go to soccer practice, five thirty. be a soccer practice from five thirty to nine o'clock. And that's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, games, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no time to do anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, time is, I think just boils down to like having time is just so valuable and you, the more money you have, the easier it is to afford to have time, mm-hmm. which is a weirdly weird thought. Yeah. I think. And especially in places where public transportation isn't super reliable. You like everywhere in the South. <laughs> yeah. So like my first year in law school, I didn't drive. I had, I rode my bike mm-hmm. and then I rode the bus. Well, to get from my apartment to the school, like a, like maybe 45 minutes. 50 minutes to ride my bike, so about an hour. Yeah. Um, or I could ride the bus. But I learned very quickly that the bus is going to be 5 to 10 minutes late, or it'll be 5 to 10 minutes early. So you have to be 15 minutes early before the assigned stop Right. at my stop. And it was not uncommon for... I would write, I would get on the 6.30 bus. A.M.? Yeah. For that bus to miss. So, I would do that one because I knew I could catch another bus. And what do they run? 30 minute increments or 15? Yeah, something like that. 30? 30, yeah. So, so you missed the first one. You're out SOL for an hour. Yeah. Because you can't go home at that point. Yeah. So, it would take that about that long. 
but it would be better than the alternative. But then also, like, if I miss it, and, like, I don't know if another one's going to come just because it kind of seems like that day. Yeah. I had time to ride my bike all the way to the school from the bus stop because I would bring my bike to the bus stop. Uh, and put it on the front of the bus or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did I ever tell you about the beef I had with my bus driver? No, but that sounds like okay. a good story. So it was my first semester of law school. It was super cold, freezing cold. It was, the roads were ice, whatever. So the roads were ice. So I knew like cars were going to be slipping. So I didn't want to ride my bike, but I did bring my bike. Because it was at that level of cold where it would warm up enough in the evening that the ride back would be nice. Right. And so I was like, well, and also trying to catch a bus on the way out of school was always hard because they stopped running at like five. Which is so And I was always in school until around seven. Yeah. So, but one day it was super cold. The bike rack on the front of the bus was frozen. So I couldn't lower it to put my bike on it. Yeah. But he wouldn't let me put my bike on the bus and stand with it because it was against policy or whatever. So he refused to let me get on the bus. <laughs> and I had ridden this bus every day for the last two and a half months. I had a, like a first name basis relationship with this guy. I knew there was only four other people on my stop. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a crowded bus where the bike would be in the way or whatever. He refused and me and him got into a little bit of an argument. Verbal altercation. Some would say, yeah, um, over this, because it was just ridiculous. It was like four degrees outside. Literally four? Yeah. Like actually four? No, yeah, it was cold. Because you're four degrees. It was cold enough that I couldn't unlock a bike rack. It had frozen shut. Just because it was driving around. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Sometimes, to be fair, you've been known to over-exaggerate the cold slightly, it and you can't disagree with cold. that. Okay. It was so cold. We've gone from four me. degrees to so cold. See, we're getting there. We're getting to the actual temperature. It was cold enough to not... <laughs> I couldn't move metal. Metal had frozen to itself. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I was so mad. And so I had to ride my bike on the ice to the school. And I remember just getting into the school, frozen, and like thawing out, whatever, and just being in a bad mood. And someone said something to me, and I just was like, not. I I snapped. I don't already remember what I did. But I was like, no. And then I just needed to go get my cup of coffee. because I had my little stash of cup, like K-cups that I used to keep hidden around the law school. Really? Machine. Oh, yeah. You stashed them? Yeah. Like in friends' offices, or like I like actually stashed them. I had them like around, so I could always get quick access to coffee. Because I I kept them in my carol, but it was in the basement of the library. So sometimes you wouldn't have time to go to your carol and then come Can back. Can you explain to people what a carol is? So it's it's like a a really small study space that mm-hmm. you would share with four people. I got lucky. My, my, so they like split it in half. So you have like, you have the the desk and then on one side, there's a little shelf unit that you can lock. And then on the other side, there's a shelf unit that you can lock. Each shelf unit was saved with two people. So me and this stranger, he ended up dropping out of law school during orientation. 
had one side and then another guy just didn't show up and then the fourth guy didn't like the carol because he hated feeling confined in it because it was like a small little yeah. box so i had the carol to myself and so i asked him to unlock it for me his side and i used it as a cover so i had snacks and then i had my coffee and then i had like like lunch and like i had food in there and then on my side i had my books my study materials highlighters pens all that so i would keep like big things of K cups on the cupboard side, but I would keep little individual pods throughout the school so that I could get to the coffee machine out of class really quickly to avoid the line of people trying to make coffee after class. Mm, smart. Yeah, but I also was because I got to school super early because I got on the six thirty bus and I was at school by seven thirty for a nine o'clock class. But for reference, it takes five minutes to drive from here school well 10 probably yeah it's like 10 minutes again public transportation yeah in this state is just abysmal it's just not reliable and that's the problem doesn't run on time uh-uh. and they don't they don't have a system to notify you that they're not going to be running or it's just kind of you're you on your own you just sit at the bus stop and hope Really? There's no, like, website or app or anything like that? They have an app, but it's not accurate. Oh, really? Yeah. It's supposed to give you, like, real-time updates of where the bus is. But, but you can't track it? No, it never really worked for me. Not like that German efficiency that we had? Oh, so nice. I think we definitely took advantage of it. Yeah. But. I do miss public transportation. I do, too. I'm I, a big fan. I say that I say that from a perspective of, like, perfect, like, public transportation perfected in when we were in Austria. When it's run well, it's super nice. Yeah, it's perfect. I think one of the, one of my friends and I were talking about this, one of the biggest things here is it's like, it's really hard to comprehend something that's not for profit and public services aren't meant to be for profit institutions. Mm. And so it's not like a, it's never going to be the thing that people put money into because there's nothing to get out of it. Like it's just a public good. And there aren't a lot of public goods down south. Yeah. I think up north, there's probably a little bit more, especially like places like New York. You've got the subway and the buses. But even them, like I've heard they're like dirty. They run on time, but they're like not well kept and that kind of thing. But it's that's all state run. Like mm -hmm. national, on a national level, we don't have really any generalized public service. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and then all the state and local things are mainly it's like your public services are you know firefighters and policemen mm -hmm. not even like ems ems is all privatized yeah so, like you have ems's in fire departments but then the people who come to pick you up in the ambulance the reason it's five thousand dollars is because it's not a public service it's a service yeah which is wild like traffic lights i guess are a public service but they're like they don't cost anything they just get put up mm -hmm. and somebody Somebody, the city hires a subcontractor and a contractor to do the work. It's not a public works project like we had in the 50s with Eisenhower. So it's not like a, anyway. All the city, all city projects are contracted out. But yeah. But like, they're not. You don't have like a city construction company. No, you don't. But like, there's not, people aren't being employed the city is outsourcing labor to a contractor who then hires people as opposed to the city hiring people to do the work. I think I'm saying the same thing, actually. I'm sounding really dumb. 
Yeah, you're, you're digging yourself into a hole, but it, there's no, like, good outcome from this hole. I, I think there is. Maybe I'm just trying to explain myself well enough. No, I think... Like, instead of the city hiring somebody, right, like, just a person, right, the city goes, okay, we've just created this new division and we're going to build roads. And we're going to hire this guy, and this guy is going to hire people... And we're going to source our own labor. We're going to source our materials. We're going to source everything ourselves. We're not going to hire a contractor to do any of it. We're going to do everything ourselves. Like you build the infrastructure for this like new project from the ground up, which takes a lot longer. Longer than what? Hiring a contractor who already has people and like the supply chain and everything. So, Y'all should see the look David's giving me. If you're listening to this and you're really confused, I'm sorry. I, I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm not you're explaining confused, it well. You are correct. I just I don't think just I just don't think I'm explaining this well. No, you're not. Because I'm lost. That's fair. Help me help me help me become found again. What are, what are well, you? I don't know what point you're trying to make. Like, do you want the city to have its own construction company? No, no, not. No. So you don't, do you want the city to hire people to construct city projects? Yes. Okay. Good. Then I don't know where the rent started from. It's more expensive to hire contractors and there's more profit in it for people, for contractors, than it would be for the city to do everything themselves. I think is what I'm saying. Hmm. Like, for example, if you're the city, if you're, if you're, no, exactly. Like, if you're you a city... You want the city to have its own departments for every single project. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to have... Yes. Yep. You know, this is the building. Yep. Planning. Everyone is... Department. Everyone this is employees. This is the building constructing department. This is the street building department. I actually department. see the flyer because the overarching theme, I guess, of that statement is like everyone's an employee of the city and yeah, therefore the you, state. And that's just kind of like... Maybe not. Like I can see why it doesn't exist in America. <laughs> well, and you can't be expected to know. Like you have people who do. Like the whole point of having contractors and subcontractors is you hire people who specialize in specific parts of the construction project. Right. So you would have to have people who specialize in every aspect of a construction project who are also city employees, which means they train them in specific project. Yeah aspect Mm -hmm. so let's say we build a building yep for the city yep well how often is the city buildings city specific buildings probably not often not often enough to have a department dedicated to it yeah that's fair that's a fair point that would be a waste of money to just have them not do what they're good at don't you think there's a certain amount of like i don't know if corruptions or maybe harsh but like if you're the city planner right and we grew up together. Like, we grew up playing soccer together, went to college together, you know, whatever it may be. And then I become a contractor. And I work in construction. And you're a city planner. And you know that this contract is coming up. And you're like, just submit a bid. And you'll get the job. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my issues with, like, the contracting, subcontracting stuff. Because it kind of stays in the family. I disagree. 
I think the ability for someone to be chosen for a substantial city contract is a little more attenuated than I knew you growing up, you got the job, right? Like it may be political in the sense that like if you know a bunch of people on city council or if you know the city manager or whatever, they can sway people. But at the end of the day, you're still competing against other contractors. That's true. And if your bid sucks, you can't justify it in front of the people who check it. So, right. I think I think it's easy to be romantic about the idea of how public works could happen. Of how public works gets so easily corrupted. Whereas public works has enough hurdles to go through that it makes it difficult to get things done that corruption is probably not your main concern. You're probably more concerned about them not fixing the pothole in front of your house than anything else. This is coming from the son of someone who did public works his entire life. Yeah. Yeah, I I probably picked the wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I used to be able to call and be like, hey, the light is down on the corner of... 25th and Orange. Yeah. And in 20 minutes... There would be a crew out because you got called the guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Where, like, but, like, that was just kind of one of the things that was nice for me. But it was also nice for him because it was, like, real time. Hey, there's things that are not working. Where you're like, hey, did you know that there's a water line broken over here? It's spouting into the, like, spouting into the the air. And you're like, no, didn't know about that. All right, we'll send a crew. Mm. So the city has bigger things to worry about. City's more about maintaining the projects. Well, like the city has plans and they have goals. And it honestly may be cheaper to outsource it than to do it in source. That makes sense. You know, you just write up a contract that's beneficial to both parties. And while it may seem crazy to people who don't do this, you know, $30 million contract whenever your budget's well above that isn't a big deal but if you did it yourself and it cost $35 million, yeah, why would you do that? And then if the project doesn't go well you have someone to blame. Someone to sue. Someone to sue. <laughs> you always need someone to sue. <laughs> so it's like, why would you keep all? Why would you pay more and keep all the liability for yourself? Yeah, that's a yeah. That doesn't make that's any a good sense. perspective. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I yeah forgot you. Yeah, did that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it just makes business sense. That's fair. And then you save the $5 million for other fun projects, like... Replacing stop signs. Replacing stop signs. Yeah. Filling, hopefully filling potholes. Answering phone calls forever about angry people who don't like their neighbors or complain about trash for some reason. People standing in your flower bed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's an R-rated podcast. Um... What not to say what not when to say. police knock on your door. 
<laughs> I can we tell that story? Did I tell you that? Um... No, you didn't. Oh man! Tell should me. We, should we tell that story? I I don't think we can. Not here. Not yet. Honestly, I don't feel like it's R-rated. Like, we weren't really doing anything wrong. That's fair. The interaction, you could probably tell. Okay. So, long story short. Yeah, very long story short. We were, we had a, we threw a party in undergrad. And this was when Jack and I and another one of our friends were living together in this house. So, we threw a party had people over, it was going fine. Um, Jack had a young puppy, Russell, Russ. Young Russ. And throughout the night, at one moment, we all realized that we didn't know where Russ was. At this point, Russ is probably, what, four months, five months old? He's not old at all. He's, he's, He's small enough to steal. Yeah, and that was the problem. So we were worried that maybe, you know, someone left the door open or, whatever because he wasn't in his crate and you know people do dumb things and so we walked around the house asking if anyone had seen him no one said that they had so i was walking around the neighborhood screaming his name trying to find him we we, david went in one direction i went in the other yes that is correct so and our neighbor who was usually very nice i had met them and talked to them at one of their garage sales super nice people pretty understanding called the police on us for yelling in the streets at like 1 30 in the morning yeah it was pretty late it was past it was past the 10 o'clock yeah it was pretty late like justifiably they called the police on Two people just screaming in the streets. Yep. But we were looking for a dog. So fast forward 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever. Get a knock on the door and it's like six police officers. <laughs> there were so many. Seven? I think there were three squad cars and six police officers. Yeah, there was a ton of police officers for this noise complaint. And I, I mean, I guess maybe they were responding to people in the street. Maybe that's why they, they could. So many yeah, we, we can only speculate. But they showed up with a lot of people. Yeah, a lot. And so, um, I think we played rock, paper, scissors to see who would open the door and I lost, or? I think you took control of the situation. We yeah. could have played rock, paper, scissors. That's usually how we made long, big life decisions at the time. But <laughs> regardless, regardless, that we flipped a coin. Regardless, I, I was the one to go talk to these officers. So, open the door, close it. And start talking to them. And they were there and reports of people yelling in the street. I explained the situation. You know, hey, our dog I was looking for the dog. We have since found the dog. Everything's good. What else can I help you with? And they were pretty upset because it was pretty loud. And there's a bunch of people. And so they were... I don't know, one of one of the guys, the police officers was getting like testy. Like, making like to, snarky comments, right? Yeah. Yeah. And was saying something to me and was just being a real jerk. And at this point I hadn't really said anything. I had in my in my opinion, I don't think I deserved 
his reaction, but so he just like flips a switch, changes energy, was real accusatory, trying to get me to like admit to things. And this is why we don't talk to cops. <laughs> don't talk to him. And so he's like going on and on. Well, it turns out he's a rookie and he was just kind of like trying to, I, I don't know. He was, he was a younger police officer, newer to the force and he was just rolling on all this stuff. And so to put the picture, I'm standing in front of the door. We had a little patio and then we had two little dirt patches. Our flower beds. What? (laughs) These were our flower beds that had nothing growing in them. It It was was just dirt. It was the middle of summer in, 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 yeah. Completely dead. (laughs) So there's two police officers directly in front of me. There's one to my right, one to my left. One kind of standing back in the yard a little bit, and then one that's standing in the dirt. And then the one in the dirt was the one that was just harassing me yep. and just yelling at me. And so I just stop, and whenever he stops talking to like catch your breath, I look at him and I was like, I want to be honest with you, sir. <laughs> we can continue this conversation, but I'm going to need you to get out of my flower bed. <laughs> and he looked at me and looked down, just saw all the dirt and was a little confused. And I was like, it's just a little rude. <laughs> And so he ended up getting out of it, and all the other cops started laughing at him. <laughs> because I think I'm, what, 19, 20 at the time, maybe? We were, I think we were, I, th- I was 21. I think you were about to be 21. Yeah. Which is why we had all our friends over. Yeah, that's, but either way, young. And just having this 21-year-old idiot stare at you <laughs> and go, Look, man, if you keep talking to me, stop killing my flowers. <laughs> that aren't growing and for you to comply it was hilarious so they ended up laughing it off they threatened me with some more stuff and then they all went home and it was all good but flash forward like two days i'm at the gas station and one of the officers that was at our house um was arresting a guy at the gas station and he's like about to put him in the car puts him in the car closes the door turns around and i just kind of waved at him <laughs> i was like having a rough night he's like, no that's like hopefully i don't see you later and then like <laughs> walked into the gas station but yeah that was oh man yeah it was funny asking him to get out of the flower bed and like all of his buddies left out that's when you knew right that's when you knew we were good yeah they yeah. weren't gonna do anything no um, they couldn't do anything because you didn't say like we didn't even have a noise complaint it was i really think they were Coming for people in the street. Yeah. And then happened to see a bunch of cars parked in, in front of our house. Well, to be fair, we did have like a, we had a 15 car parking lot next to our house. Yeah, our house didn't make sense. <laughs> it was in between, <laughs> just to paint a picture, our house is in, there was a church, three churches right across the street. There was a dentist's office right behind us. Eye doctor. Eye doctor, eye doctor. sorry. And next to the eye doctor was the Salvation Army. In a funeral home. And a funeral home. And then across the street was a church's chicken. And it's across the parking lot. Behind the funeral home. Oh, yeah. On great. Was the church's chicken. And after 5 o'clock every day, we would have we would typically have friends over. But it was really convenient because nobody had to park on the street. Everyone could park in the 15-car parking lot for the eye doctor because they closed at 5. Mm-hmm. And there was there's no telling in Adelaide. Ever. So, yeah. you're good. Everywhere. Abilene's a great city, everyone. If you're listening, Abilene's a great city. Yeah, that was funny. 
That was really funny. You don't experience that though. Like, all right, parking, dude. Huh. That's another rant. Okay. I yeah, I can't stand parking. Like parking fees and like not, you know, people make a mint off of parking fees. A mint. You know, I was listening, or it was like a Reddit thing. Yeah. And it was like it's dangerous. I don't know what what the thread was, but it was like, how did you finesse the system or something like that? And it was this couple, and they were like, it was like parking, so like over yeah. like day parking, covered parking, and where like where they needed to be because they both work downtown, it was like mm-hmm. eighty bucks a day. Screw that! Right, That's insane. But there was also a casino that was kind of close. Yeah, but it was free parking if you played all day. So every day, this husband and wife would go park their car, go into the casino. They would each do $10 on black and on red in roulette. So they hedged each other. Yeah. One would win, get the money back, and they would have free parking every day. And they just went to the casino every single day. And have free parking. Yeah, but they just, because you just had to play once. As soon as you played, you got the parking voucher. Like, you could validate your parking. And then they'd go to work. Yeah. Like, walk into work smelling, like, cigarettes and beer. Yeah, and you like, just had oh. to go. But, like, they would go at 7.30, so it's not like the casino is super packed. You know, 7.30 on a Wednesday. Like, there's going to be those people that are there. Those people, the people that are there are going to be Yeah, but you cigarettes. just show up, throw 10 on black. You're like, okay. Go to work, and if you want, you're like, haha, nice. Like, and that's what they did every day until... I, I guess until they moved or something, but it's like how they got free parking downtown. That's genius. Right. They just didn't tell anyone either. Because uh, they didn't want to. You don't want other people to take advantage of it. That is insane. I just know like that, like concert venue parking and that kind of thing. I mean, I get why they have to charge for it. Actually, no, I don't. I don't because parking lots really don't fill up. Really, they're just big. Like, there's yeah. big spaces. It's like, yeah. why? Just let, let, let people park for free. Unethical tip that I heard. Unethical? Unethical. 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 Like, like bad. Like, don't yeah, do. Like, yeah, don't do this. But you was, can. Um, free unethical advice in this podcast. Um, for concert parking and stuff? Yeah. What you do is you go and where, like, at the beginning of the gate where they charge you to go into the venue... You just say you're an Uber driver and you're dropping everyone off, and they'll let you in, and then you just go park. <laughs> oh, because there's no sticker or anything. Uh. <laughs> you just say you're acting as Uber. That's and genius. people will usually take you at your word. Like they're not going to ask to see your Uber driver's thing or whatever. If this ever blows up, you're in trouble. You know that, right? I mean, I saw it on TikTok. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's gonna be really convenient. I I don't think I'll ever be able to do it. No, I don't think I would either. I would do it just once and then not park, like just to test the theory. I don't think I could ever do it. I don't think I could convince myself to do it. No, like, uh-huh. but you know, you're not gonna park. Like you're doing something unethical, but not doing it unethically. So am I actually dropping them off? No, 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 no. Everyone in the car is staying in the car, but you're just gonna test the theory. Why would I not drop them off if we already got in? I'm going to leave. No, because if you're walking, everyone has to walk with you. Why? Then we have like a conversation, you know? 
Yes. What? No. Jeez. So you're going to drop your friends off and then go park and then walk by yourself? Yeah. Ugh. Why not? I don't know. Like, just, you know, Why would I know. make them I walk like, if I could just walk and do it? It's not like walking by myself, I guess. Like, are you, is it, would that help you do it? If you could drop them off, would that help you make that decision to do something unethical? Well, then it's not really unethical, then, is it? Because I actually you're still did not just new, drop You're still not an Uber driver. But I'm still just dropping You're lying off. about being an Uber driver. I'm pretty sure that's like a federal felony or something like that. But if... But even if I just walked, like, just driving, it's like, no, I'm just dropping them off. They, I doubt they'd let you in. You just have to say you're what Uber. Is that, a service? Yeah. Yeah, I probably still wouldn't do it. Just, they'd want to try it just for the giggles you probably just pay an uber that's the other thing like i think uber takes off during like those surges and everything mm-hmm. like it's it's a pain in the butt to get an uber after like a concert or something oh yeah it's a pain there's vegas does it really well actually they have like pick up drop-off spots but ubers in vegas are like stupid expensive really you could walk places faster than getting an uber we ubered mm-hmm. to a part three course it was like well, it was Lyft. Mm-hmm. Like $42 for a 10-minute Uber. Jeez. Yeah, it sucked. But you could split it now between like four people. So That's nice. It wasn't terrible, but... No. Yeah, that was a fun thing I saw. It was like how to get free parking at concerts. I so you try it. Driver. No, I'm not going to try it. Um, just because I don't want to. Not really. Not because you couldn't. Yeah, I think I could get away with it, but I don't want to. What's... No, I'm past all that. <laughs> That's good to know. You're past all that. Yeah. Yeah, great. I don't, I don't need any of those headaches anymore. Uh, well, that's good to know now. That would have been nice when we were living together. Oh, when we were living together. <laughs> <laughs> we were in survival mode. Yeah, well, that's, that is fair. But the details of that house, what was it, $265 a month in rent? Yeah. It was seven ninety five split three ways. So whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I'll do the quick maths in my head. Absolutely. I'm definitely doing yeah, two knew it. Yeah, but then but we had um we had TXU energy. So mm-hmm. we got free energy after nine o'clock and before seven? It was I think it was nine to six. Nine to six? Yeah. So and we only had window AC units. And no heating. No central heating. Um, and all the appliances are probably 40 years old. Would you say 50 maybe? Yeah. And a huge backyard. But a massive backyard. And that's what sold us, right? Like the yeah. 15 car parking lot and the massive backyard and the 265 remote to be yeah. fair. But it was not, it was not a great place. No. There were a lot of cockroaches. Cockroaches? You never saw any of those big cockroaches? Well, they were when we in first our, moved in. In our food pantry? When we first moved in, but we killed them. We got rid of them. No. You want to hear a funny story? Huh. So the first time Sydney came over, now my now fiance, I feel like I just keep saying that until people listen enough. So it, we're, we're laying on my bed and it was just before I moved out. Right. So I had taken my, um, I had taken my bed frame apart and I put my mattress on the floor. Sydney hates bugs, hates them, mm-hmm. hates them. And especially cockroaches and especially, especially, especially especially big cockroaches, right? Mm-hmm. She hates them. Okay, so we're laying in bed, we're watching something on TV, and then all of a sudden, you see this, I, I kid you not, it's the size of a thumb, oh. 
crawls across my bed, her leg, and proceeds to just go on with her day, like with its day. I don't know what it was. And Sydney looked, and this was like three, maybe two, three months into our relationship. Mm. And we're sleeping on the ground in the Orange Street house with an AC unit above our head, a window AC unit above our head. So and a cockroach still... crawled across her, and she, she's still with me now. So this was <laughs> also post driving to a wedding after your first date, right? Yeah, that was bold, bold move, Cotton. Bold move. Did you take the Xterra? I didn't. No, I had the Camry at the time. <sighs> so I I asked Sydney to go to a wedding with me after one date. That was the bold move. But the backstory: we were friends for four years. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know. Yeah. Whatever. And all the friends were going. Everyone was going. All the boys were going. So, it was Whose wedding was that? Tristan's. Oh, I think we, I think we, ha- we are just redoing this. We've already talked about all of this. And I think I had the same yes. reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah what a wedding. Yep, good wedding. But yeah, no, that's, that house would taught, uh, taught me a lot. Oh, that was the How wedding. save energy. Um, they, did I, they pulled a prank on me because I was in that wedding. Uh, and I was late to the shocker. dress rehearsal, <laughs> and um, they like all the groomsmen try to like pull a prank, and they're like, everyone's pissed, everyone's so mad, like all like the groom, like oh, the bride's mothers, like furious at you for being late. Like I called and was apologized, like hey, like we got stuck in traffic. Something else had happened, like something legitimately had happened that caused me to be like twenty five minutes late. Okay, that's not too bad. Not super, but they were like, everyone's pissed. Whatever. And so, but the main guy who was doing it was Chase. Yeah. And so, we had the dress rehearsal. Chase is someone who's typically very serious. Yeah, very serious, dude. You know, and so for him, like, he doesn't joke around a lot. So for him to be pulling a prank caught me completely off guard. For sure. And so, we, we do that. And we're in a small town. Like, small-ish town. Yeah. I mean, it's um, Belton, but... Yeah, but it's, like, smallish town. And so we do that. We go to the dinner after, and um, I get um, my date to get his number and call him and tell him that I'm in jail and won't be able to make it to the wedding because I just got arrested. Like, I, like... Like I she got, pranked him back. Yeah, afterwards. And like he flips and is like, David's in jail. We just lost a groomsman. <laughs> like all of this stuff calls um, the groom's mother who like knows the sheriff of the town. So they check jail records and she's <laughs> like, you need to get him out, release him for like four hours so he can do this wedding and you can put it back in it. Like, we don't care. We just need him for this wedding. And the sheriff's like, we don't have anyone booked under that name. And I just turned my phone off and let it sit for like two hours because I thought I'd just be Chase that I was messing with. Turns out it was the entire bridal family who's now like trying to get me out of jail that I'm not in. And uh, I had to call the next day. Like I went to the venue and I apologized and explained like it was just meant to be for Chase because he made, gave me a heart attack. Because he thought, I thought I had upset everyone, so I gave him a heart attack by saying I was in jail. It turns out he gave everyone a heart attack. Yeah, and then it just didn't work. But it, what, what did you learn about joking about being in jail? Um, 
Don't tell Chase. It works well. If you're trying, if you're, I mean, did you guys ever do that thing in middle school where you put your friend's number on a dating site? No, but I remember when y'all put mine on, uh, <laughs> on Craigslist. Was it Craigslist for an iPhone 11? I wasn't. <laughs> I don't think I, I got was. phone calls for four months. That's exactly what we did, but it was in middle school, and it was uh, it wasn't an iPhone 11, and our friend was getting um, text messages and calls for like three months straight because he couldn't get his number off the site. It is it is legitimately a great prank. Craigslist for like an and it was a ridiculously low price too. It was like a brand new iPhone 11. Two hundred bucks. Yeah, like it was enough for people to be like, okay, it's not fake. Mm-hmm. But cheap enough that everyone lost their mind. Yeah, I tried to call you. Yeah, and at first, I didn't know that they were referring to a phone. So I was getting all these text messages. I was like, you still got the 11. Or like the 11s and like all this stuff. And I thought it was shoes. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I don't have your shoes. And people were, like, we were just really real confused. confused. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm not talking about shoes. It's like, why are you asking for 11s? And like, you still got the 11. It's like, dude, I'm not selling shoes. <laughs> And it took me a long time to realize that I was actually on Craigslist for a phone instead of shoes. And then I put it together. That was y'all. It was. I just remember you being like the middle of class or something. You'd be a random number calling you. And you would throw it in our face and be like, hey, this is your fault. <laughs> All the time. I think you get calls every seven minutes for like the first week it was up. And then after really? that, it was like once or twice a day. I would get phone calls, but texts all the time because y'all put my phone over and said, please text or something. <laughs> to be fair, I think that was uh, our other, our, some other guys in our friend group. I was just there to laugh. Mm-hmm. That was a fun prank war. Remember the airsoft guns in the dorms? Sorry, we're just taking a trip down memory lane on this podcast. Too. The airsoft guns. I stole all of your left shoes. Oh my for gosh. A bit. So this was probably one of the best pranks that I've ever been on the tail end of. Um, I come back from soccer practice one day and we'd all been pranking each other with like silly pranks. Like we took each other's mattresses and put them on the roof or, or on the foot fifth floor, like the highest floor laundry room. Um, we take everyone's sheets, but leave the mattress and the pillow. Like they're really like somber pranks, but I get back from soccer practice one day and I'm ready to go to the cafeteria. And I look in my closet and I grab my shoes that I always wear just by instinct. And I put one on and I'm like, where's the other one? And so I just grab another pair of shoes because I'm hungry. And then I realize I don't have a left foot of that either. And so I go through like four or five pairs before I realize that I have no left shoes. I have a whole closet full of right ones, but no left shoes. And everyone at this point knows exactly where they are, but everyone's gone to the cafeteria without me. So I don't have any shoes to go to the, so I just don't, I don't think I went to the cafeteria. I think I just sat and texted y'all and sulked. I was like, where are my shoes? Y'all didn't give them back for a good like four or five hours. Yeah, because we wanted you to go to the cafeteria wearing two right shoes. No, I was too stubborn for that. Yeah, so we both just kind of like, well, we're here, we'll wait. Here's where the food is. Y'all just kept eating burgers, bad <laughs> yeah. burgers and stuff. No, the airsoft wars were wild. Because you couldn't walk, you could walk to the showers without getting shot with an airsoft gun. So bad. The softball through the window. The golf ball through the window. Jesse, if you're listening, we still don't know who did it. We still don't know. We still don't know who did it. Um, Legitimately, though, I can't remember. Um, Uh, 
we have a friend. His name is Caden. Caden used to get up some mischief. And one day, Caden, I brought my golf clubs to school. This was a fun game, though. This was a fun game. And we would we were just chipping in the golf. We were just chipping in the in the dorm room. Or we were hitting into the... We were hitting... So what we would sit on... The dorm had two beds in it. Yeah. And then we would hit the golf ball at the door and then hope that the ball didn't hit you on the way back. Like, it was just like everyone got a chance to hit the ball and then we all ducked and covered and we it was so fun. Yeah. Well, Caden... <laughs> we were all taking light swings, I remember. Caden took a full swing. It goes over our friend Preston's TV and shatters a window. Like, golf ball straight through the window. And I think the window was not repaired for, like, four months. No. You no. put cardboard... Do you think it would have been worse? If it hit the, the TV? Or the TV? The TV, definitely. Because Preston would have been really upset. Yeah. So the T That was the worst part, too. We were hitting at a wall that was... Or we were hitting at the door that was directly in front of the TV. So just by... None of us were math majors, but just looking at the angles there, we could have seen that it was probably going to hit the TV at some point. We didn't think it through, but... What did we think through? Um, i trying to think. What? Like, what was our one thing we did that was really well thought? We raised, like... A thousand dollars for a charity in Abilene. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. We did do that. We did do that. Love and Care Ministries in three hours. In three hours, we yeah. raised a thousand dollars. Yep, we did. That was cool. That was we, cool. We we started a um, a men's social club because we wanted to get some shirts, and we found out that the social club the school paid you money if you had a social club. So, and we were kind of like extra ostracized. Is that the word? We were kind of ostracized from all the others. Yeah, well, because. At the the school we were at, you couldn't, you could be in social clubs on campus if you were in sports, but not necessarily if you were actually good at them, I guess is a good way, because you wouldn't have the time. And all of them were so time dependent and not really flexible with working with athletes specifically, at least yeah, the no. men's work. Um, and so we had the idea that we would make a social club that was designed for athletes so that we could be involved in some of the social club specific activities. Which looked like a lot of fun. They did look like fun. And then once we got that going, we realized that the school just gives you money. Yeah. If you're an org. Yep. And we're like, oh my gosh, we can make t-shirts. Some awesome. We made the best t-shirts. We made t-shirts. some great. And we're like, we could just get free t-shirts. Yep. But one of the things you had to do. Was a philanthropy event. Yes. <laughs> and everybody on like. You had to do a philanthropy event, and then we were, I remember we were trying to get other orgs to do it with us, but no one would do it with us because... It was a sketchy idea. They all were it, were opposed to opposed to it, and then they all, like, some of them, like, had their same philanthropy event they've been doing since the 50s or something. And so they one of them was, like, it. break a car. Like, they'd buy a junk car, and you'd get to hit it with a bat for $5. Yeah, and they never did it. Yeah. They just raised money and never actually brought the car every yeah. year. It was stupid. But um, you can tell them what we did because you pretty much set it up. Well, or, I Kaden, don't know who. Caden got his foot in the door that yeah, one Yeah, Caden did set it up. He was, he kind of fell into it. Yeah. Right. So our club president at the time was out and about on the town and he was just sitting down and he ended up talking to this guy who owned a nightclub. 
And Caden said, well, you know, like, I'm the president of, you know, our fraternity, fraternity, social club, we call it the fraternity, and said, well, we need to do a philanthropy event. Can we throw a party at your nightclub? And the guy was like, uh, no. He's like, well, what about, like, when's it open? He said, I know it's closed on Mondays, Tuesdays, I think Wednesdays too. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, that's actually like, not a bad idea, but I can't serve, like, no alcohol. I'm not going to provide a DJ. I'll literally just give you this venue for the whole night. Mm-hmm. We, we were like, uh, okay, yeah. So we did, it was like on a Tuesday night. We didn't serve any alcohol. We charged a $3 cover, which paid for the bouncer for the night. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the night, the owner was there and he saw how many people were there. And he was like, wow, okay. Because we had our Chapa, if you're listening, shout out to you. One of the best DJs I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Chapa always had the tunes. Um, and Chapa DJ, and we ended up raising like four hundred and sixty dollars, four hundred, almost five hundred dollars. And at the end of the night, after we paid the bar, like the the doorman, like I don't think the owner of the club was taking it seriously at first. Mm-hmm. Then he saw how many people showed up, and we had we had he said, "All right, well, I'll match it." So we ended up matching the donation. So we doubled our money and went and got a check made out and went over to Love and Care Ministries, and we did that. And that was. That was pretty cool. We thought through that. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was Halloween. A costume, yeah, it was a costume party. Yeah. Costume party because Halloween felt on a weird day. Yep. So no one was like actually going out or doing anything on a Monday or Tuesday. So we are like, come to this thing, pay $3, it's for charity, wear your costume, dance. That and it worked out really, it went really well. Went a lot better than I thought it was going to. Yeah. That was the only thing that I gave us any credibility with the university yeah because the next semester we quit so yeah we stopped our gpas were pretty low was it gpa though it was like gpa and demerits or something we had all been everybody on the exec had been written up that's fair we were the sports social club though for three months Mm -hmm. so shout out to that that was that was something we that was probably one of the only things we thought through yeah I'm trying to, I'm genuinely trying to think of another one. Like another thing like another really decision that we made. Uh, we beat the football team in intramurals. In yeah, intramural. But did that take thinking? No. Well, yeah, because... It's just sports. Okay. Just kind of wanted uh, to say that. Oh, wow. That's it. Well, we thought through some other things, probably. Nope. We had to have we had else. we have to we there was something else that we planned and did. Everyone listening, good. this is like wow, slow like silence in this podcast. Oh man, I I guess a lot of our ideas were pretty impulsive. Some turned out good, but none of them were like fully thought through. Like, That's what I'm saying. There like, wasn't a lot of hey, let's get together, let's plan this out. It was no. just like I have this great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and it was really. Probably sixty forty. It works out. Yeah, forty was is generous. Forty is that it doesn't. Usually they worked out. That's true. Very impulsive. There you go. Moral of the story: be impulsive. Yeah. Make decisions quick. Be good at being impulsive. Yeah. Just say yes. Be a yes man for a little while. See how well that goes for you. Yeah. Not to stupid things like don't jump off a building. That's a really stupid thing to say yes to. But if people are like, let's go do this. You know, uh, well, if you have a parachute, maybe not. Yeah, well, if you have a parachute, it's probably not possible. 
<laughs> and on that note, <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. As usual, um, we appreciate you. We actually looked at our listens. We're closing in on 200 um, listens on the podcast, which is amazing. Um, our audience is growing slowly, but growing. Um, like I said, we do, like I always say, we do try and put out episodes every Friday. Um, Dave is currently in the midst of studying for one of the biggest tests of his life. So we're sorry if it drops off, um, occasionally here and there. (laughs) Dave just let out a very big sigh. (laughs) But yeah, no, we really do appreciate you guys listening. Um, as usual, um, share the podcast. If you're enjoying it, share it with your family and friends. We try and keep it PG. I think the cuss word count is up to two and I owe the donation box $10 as of right now. Um, we do try and keep it relatively under R rated. Um, do you have anything to mention, Dave? Five stars. No. Okay. So I wasn't going to, that's why, okay. This is why he doesn't do the outro. <laughs> if you want to give us, if you want to give us a review or leave a comment, it's much appreciated. That'd be awesome. Um, it doesn't have to be five stars. Give, us, give, give us, give us whatever you think is honest. Um, but until next Friday, we appreciate y'all and we will talk to you soon. Adios. Oh, wait, I didn't say it. Yeah, you're going to say it. Oh, yeah. Until next time, I'm Jack and this is Dave. Yes, sir. (laughs) And we'll see y'all later. Bye, guys.